Hip replacement surgery has typically been considered a serious and invasive surgery. But did you know that there's now a minimally invasive procedure available for hip replacement? Let's talk about it today with Dr. Thomas Fox, an orthopedic surgeon at Twin Cities Hospital. This is Helmet of Health, the podcast from Twin Cities Hospital. I'm Prakash Chandran. So first of all, Dr. Fox, let's talk about the basics here. Why do people end up needing hip replacement in the first place? Well, Prakash, most patients that require hip replacement have degenerative arthritis. Mostly it's from an age-related wear. Sometimes we also see patients with other conditions that require a hip replacement, but most commonly degenerative arthritis. Okay, degenerative arthritis. So this means like, you know, people uh, above the age of 60, 70 years old, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Most commonly age 70 and above for a hip replacement. Okay, and tell us about how hip replacement is traditionally done. Hip replacement used to be more commonly done from a posterior or lateral approach. We would lay the patient on the table and make an incision along the side of the hip or into the back of the buttock region. Now we're doing things a little differently and uh, less invasive with smaller incisions and intramuscular incisions rather than releasing muscles that have to be reattached. The reattachment of the muscle sometimes was the weak link that would sometimes lead to persistent limping afterwards or some weakness. And this is what is called the anterior approach, right? It's the minimally invasive uh, way to do the hip replacement. Is that correct? That's correct. It's not a new technique, but it's a a technique that's been revisited and uh, has gained a lot of popularity throughout the country and and internationally as well. And I think it's uh, here to stay, and I think that's probably going to be the way uh, hip replacements are being done in the future. Okay, so let's talk about some of the differences uh, between the two approaches. Like I imagine with the uh, minimally invasive approach, um, obviously the incision is smaller, but maybe talk a little bit about the recovery time and some of the other benefits. Sure. The... um uh, to back up, the incisional incisions are made between the muscles, so there's nothing um, disrupted, um, and everything is reattached appropriately. We also do it under X-ray guidance so that the, uh, the components are, are most properly aligned. We do intraoperative uh, fluoroscopy uh, or X-ray. We used to do X-rays in the recovery room, and I would submit that sometimes that was a little late. Um, because uh, the components weren't exactly aligned, but most, most times it would be okay, but uh, now they're perfect every time. Um, the uh, recovery is actually remarkable. Uh, when I first started doing these five or six years ago, um, the patients would come walking in, uh, mostly just using a cane or not even a cane, and, and it was like, what? Did, and I would, how long ago did you have surgery? And it was only two weeks, and they would act like they had it done two or three months uh, ago. So the, the early post-operative recovery is the most remarkable thing. And for working people, you know, that have jobs and, and uh, can't take that much time off for vacation, it really is, is pretty uh, important for people to get back to their active lifestyles and work. Yeah, that is uh, pretty incredible how quickly they can get back to uh, a sense of normalcy there. And is there a rehabilitation plan that is required after an interior hip replacement? There is, but I stress to my patients there's really no um, precautions. Um, So most of the time, the patients just have to walk. And uh, so recovering after hip replacement is a bit easier than uh, recovering from knee replacement. Uh, because we don't have to worry about the motion so much, but we often do send these patients for physical therapy to regain their strength and balance. And some of the patients that we start with have poor balance. Uh, uh, some older folks, they, their uh, coordination is poor, and we try to get them back uh, to a better uh, balance with core strengthening and, and gait training so that they are less of a fall risk uh, following that 
after the surgery. Are there certain candidates that are better than others for anterior hip replacement, or do you pretty much perform this on everyone? Pretty much perform this on everyone in the early uh, stages. That the one the one problem with this surgery, it's a rather steep learning curve, uh, and a reason why a lot of surgeons kind of shy away from it because it took probably 50 operations to get this down, and that's a lot for a you know a, a qualified surgeon for, to do to learn an operation that would only usually take a handful of times, but 50 is quite a bit. So there is there is a little uh, steeper learning curve, and a lot of uh, doctors don't want to endure that. But it's worth it because uh, um, uh, the the, uh, the results, I think, are, are uh, ultimately uh, more predictable and better, at least in my hands, and uh, that that works for me. And Dr. Fox, just to wrap up here, when do you think patients should get a hip replacement? You know, basically when they have pain with walking and standing and also pain awakening them at night. And uh, it's hard to live with. You know, hip, hip arthritic pain is really difficult to live with. So most people, you know, proceed with it pretty quickly. <laughs> All right, Dr. Fox, really appreciate your time today. That's Dr. Thomas Fox, an orthopedic surgeon at Twin Cities Hospital. Thanks for checking out this episode of Helmet of Health. Head to tchospital.com to get connected with a provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks, and we'll talk next time. <laughs>